Imagine a destination with 825 miles of idyllic beaches, more than 1,300 walking trails, and over 700 freshwater springs. This is Florida, where you can meet the manatees at Three Sisters Springs, zipline over a canyon in Ocala, and paddleboard through the waterways in the nation's oldest city, St. Augustine. Our extensive accessibility options mean everyone can enjoy our attractions and activities. Florida is truly limitless. Look beyond the theme parks and get out into the Sunshine State's great outdoors. To plan your next adventure, go to visitflorida.com. Corey Lee is the mind behind the award-winning travel blog, Curb Free with Corey Lee, where his goal is to share the world from a wheelchair user's perspective with his 100,000 followers. He wants to show people how to travel, where to travel, and most importantly, why travel as a person with a disability. Welcome to the Journey Podcast, where I, Cy Wilmore, talk with pioneers, trailblazers, and thought leaders who are pushing the envelope in the travel industry. Season four is sponsored by Visit Florida. Corey, let's start at the beginning of your journey. At the age of two, you were diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy. But you say that this didn't diminish your desire to explore and to travel the world. If anything, it increased it. Could you share some early experiences as a young person traveling with a disability? Yeah, for sure. When I was younger, uh, I took a lot of domestic trips within the U.S. where I live um, still today. Um, And so when I was Mm -hmm. young taking those trips, there was like very little accessibility. So I think accessibility has definitely improved over the years, which we'll probably dive into later on. But uh, when I was little... And I remember like going to the beach in Florida and there were no beach wheelchairs to be found. And so my mom would have to physically pick me up out of my wheelchair and carry me down to the sand. And so that was a pretty, you know, long walk when you're carrying a child. And so now luckily, you know, there are better accessible beaches and a lot more accessibility. But when I was younger, it was really, really difficult a lot of the times. So, yeah, I can imagine it's been, well, hopefully the world is becoming a better place now. Is there, are there any kind of, in those early days, was there really anything in place to make it easier as you, you know, to make your life easier as a traveler with a disability? Or was it just absolutely nothing available to you? Yeah, well, luckily I was born in the year 1990, which is the same year that the Americans with Disabilities Act was passed. And so, um, there, you know, the, I think accessibility right, was great. starting to be thought about in 1990 when I was born. So throughout my life, I mean, I think I've been pretty lucky mm-hmm. that I was just born in the right place at the right time when new laws and regulations around accessibility sure. were starting to take effect here in the U.S. anyway. And so, I mean, there was some degree of accessibility when I was little, but it definitely wasn't as widely adopted as it is today a hundred percent and and hopefully things are getting are getting better all the time well as we can imagine it's it's not easy traveling in a wheelchair in fact i mean certain adventures as as somebody who's not in a wheelchair you can get into all kinds of adventures and difficulties and scrapes but lord knows it's even even more difficult in a wheelchair 
could you share some of the difficulties, perhaps some of those kind of crazy experiences that you've had to overcome during your travels? Yeah, I mean, traveling as a wheelchair user, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Um, I would say that pretty much on every trip sure. I go on, that something is probably going to go wrong. Um, it may be something very minor or <laughs> it may be something more major, um, which, you know, for me, I think the hardest part of traveling is probably flying um, on a plane as a wheelchair user. So mm -hmm. I unfortunately am not able to stay in my personal wheelchair. I have to be transferred into a plane seat and the whole transfer process is really challenging. And then throughout the flight, I also sure. have to worry about my wheelchair being damaged during flight. And so it's my wheelchair is stowed in the cargo area with all of the luggage. So it's frequently damaged. Um, it was actually damaged just a couple of weeks ago. I was flying from Egypt um, to oh, Barcelona, sure to Spain, and the airline broke my front wheel off. And so that was a process <laughs> to get fixed when we were in Barcelona. Luckily, it all worked out in the end, and we were able to find a repair shop and get that wheel fixed. But it's things like that that go along or go wrong very frequently. But when I was younger and just starting to travel, I was more worried about, you know, would things be accessible once I got there? Because I couldn't just like go on the internet and find out about accessibility really easily. I had to kind of, you know, go and then figure it out when I was there. So just finding accessible hotels that was a process uh figuring out accessible transportation options once i was there uh was really difficult and time consuming uh, so luckily it's gotten better and now we have the internet to be able to find out more accessibility in advance sure. to go on a trip it, it feels like um you know when you started to travel as a as a wheelchair user there was no real information so you've noticed that you noticed a gap in the market or you noticed a need to to share this information with your fellow wheelchair travelers. And I guess that's that's what led you perhaps to, to, to uh, deciding to start the blog. We will come to that very, very shortly. But there's something that I have to ask about because it's not, a, it's not a, a question that I get to ask very often. But I believe you were attacked by a hippo. <laughs> perhaps you could tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I was actually. So uh, probably my wildest travel story of all time undoubtedly. Um, I was in South Africa uh, several years ago, and I went to meet a hippo named Jessica. She was actually abandoned by her hippo family <laughs> during like a flood um, in South Africa. And so some humans found her and they started raising her and they let her come in their house and they now take care of her, um, of Jessica the hippo. And so wow. while I was in South Africa, I really wanted to meet this hippo. So I went to meet her and they handed me a sweet potato to feed her. But I was having a really difficult time, like leaning over from my wheelchair and reaching her mouth. Of course, to right. potato in. And so Jessica, the hippo, got really agitated that it was taking me so long to feed her. And she jumped up out of the water and grabbed the entire like side of my wheelchair with her massive teeth and started oh, pulling wow. me into oh, the Lord. water. And so uh, luckily about two seconds before I became her lunch for the day, her human dad like ran over <laughs> and, her to stop. and thankfully she's a good daughter and she listened to her dad and decided not to eat me that day. But it was a very, very close encounter. <laughs> wow. That's a bit of a touch and go moment, as you say, although, you know, it sounds like <laughs> a well-behaved hippo. Ultimately, I'm glad that Jessica didn't, uh, 
didn't kind of uh, succumb to her, uh, you know, to her primal instinct and she listened to her dad. But I can imagine that was quite a frightening experience. Oh, yeah, it was definitely frightening. But luckily, I'm here today able to talk with you. So it all worked out in the end. <laughs> Fantastic. Glad to hear it. And as a, as a blogger, you got a, a, a well, wonderful is the wrong st uh, word, but you got a story out of it at least, right? Exactly. As soon as it happened, my first thought actually was, well, this is going to make for one of the best blog posts of all time. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you thought about it that way. I think I'd be a little bit more scared, but it's it's amazing to hear that, you know, instantly your business mind kicked in and, and blog posts was the order of the day. I guess that brings us nicely to, to the kind of the next talking point, which is, you know, it's getting towards December 2013. And you've decided to start uh, start this blog, Curb Free, with Corey Lee. So, you know, there's a couple of things going on. You're maybe, maybe the world is becoming slightly better for accessibility, but there's still this dearth of information. There's just purely not enough out there to help wheelchair travelers um, when, they, when they want to travel effectively. And you've got stories that you want to share with the world. So perhaps you could share a little bit about those kind of original ambitions, original intentions for the blog when you first launched it. I assume it's to kind of empower your fellow travelers with disabilities. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I started the blog back in December of 2013 because I noticed a lack of accessibility information on the internet. And I really just wanted sure. to create a space online where other wheelchair users could go to my website and figure out, you know, what's accessible. So how can they find accessible hotels, well, what attractions are accessible in certain destinations that I had already visited at that time. So when I was starting out, I mean, there I, I wasn't anywhere near as well-traveled as I am now. I had only visited maybe of course, of course. Like five or six countries at that time in 2013. Um, and But I thought, you know, at least if I can share that information, it will hopefully have some sort of an impact, even if it's very, very small. And then uh, luckily people started reading the blog within about a year and it continued to grow and I was able to travel a lot more um, after that. So it's been a whirlwind of a journey in the best possible way. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm glad to hear it. And I guess the kind of the examples, the, the questions that you're looking to answer for your readers are the kinds of questions that you yourself had, you know, 10 years ago, very nearly. Things like how do I charge my wheelchair? Uh, what cities are the most wheelchair friendly? I guess it's these kinds of questions that you are looking to solve for your readers. Does that sound about right? Exactly. Um, you hit the nail on the head there. So uh, whenever I'm you know, traveling and starting to research a trip, kind of the number one thing mm -hmm. that I look for is accessible transportation. Because if there is an accessible transportation Fantastic. in a city, and I'm just going to be stuck at the airport and unable to leave to even get to the hotel or to any attractions or restaurants or anything like that. So transportation is incredibly important for wheelchair users um, to know in advance. So I always try to provide that information. Also, any accessible hotel options are really important. And then lastly, I would say, you know, any kind of accessible attractions. So what are some wheelchair friendly things to do? within the destination, uh, which is always the most fun part of traveling. So I try to just really include any information that could be helpful for a wheelchair user that's visiting that destination. Fantastic. Exactly as you say, the attractions, you know, the things to do is fundamentally 
why we travel right why we go somewhere is to interact with the people there or to see some sort of specific attraction or to you know to get stuck into the local environs let's say so do any um do any examples come to mind of particularly wonderful attractions or particularly interesting attractions that are also making a really fantastic effort to accommodate travelers in wheelchairs yeah one um comes to mind actually in florida um so gatorland which is located in kissimmee florida they now have mm-hmm. adapted zip lining and so a few years ago wow. i was able to go zip lining over a pond full of gators uh, so I was like going over the wow. zip line and looked down and there are like dozens of gators right below me. But it was like one of the coolest experiences of my life just to be able to go zip lining, <laughs> first of all, as a wheelchair user, because zip lining is really something that I never thought would be accessible for me. And then I to, you know, imagine, discover yeah, sure. that they've adapted it and made it completely accessible was just incredible. But I think all around the world, I mean, there are, amazing attractions that are doing a great job in london um the london eye is fully accessible so every mm-hmm. one on the london eye um, a wheelchair is able to roll in it in paris you can go to the not the very very top of the eiffel tower but like the second tier of it they have an elevator up to that so you can have amazing views of paris i mean there are so many amazing attractions around the world i could just like probably keep naming them all day but (laughs) (laughs) i could listen to it all day i mean there's some absolutely fantastic experiences that that i've obviously seen on your blog and that you've listed just just three of them there and you know what Corey? i'm a hundred percent confident that the people listening in today are not expecting you to be sharing the time you went zip lining over gators. That's absolutely amazing. And you say yourself it was something you weren't expecting to do. So it must have been a real surprise to be able to do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of adaptive adventures. And so anytime sure. there's like an adventurous activity that I can do, I'm all over it. So I was uh, recently, about a month ago, I was in Switzerland for the first time and I was able to go adaptive mm-hmm. paragliding over the Swiss Alps. So that's something else that I just like wow. never thought I would be able to do. But I think that really goes to show that the world is adapting and becoming more inclusive and more accessible. So even if there's, you know, something someone listening may think, you know, oh, well, I want to do this, but it's not accessible for me. Like, even if it isn't, accessible currently there is a really good chance that one day it will be adapted to be accessible so never give up that hope that's fantastic what what a strong message of kind of message of hope there folks i mean yeah just in just in the 10 years which isn't really a long period of time when you think about it Corey. just in the 10 years that your blog has been going it feels like the world is kind of opening up and starting to become more and more accessible as time goes by which is of course a wonderful a wonderful thing and i think it's probably fair to say that maybe the you know the the resonance the power that your blog has had ha, is is making waves across the entire industry for for wheelchair travelers and non-wheelchair travelers in the sense that you know you're a two-time SATW Lel Thomas award winner for best travel blog which in itself is a phenomenal achievement to win it once so to win it twice is absolutely uh, absolutely incredible so congratulations for that does Thank that you. does that feel like it's a, maybe a small litmus test a small indicator um that there is this shift in the travel industry mindset that the industry is is more focused on accessibility than ever before 
Yes, certainly. I mean, I remember back in 2013 when I started the blog, I mean, I would reach out to DMOs and tourism boards and inquire, you know, about accessibility and working with me to promote accessibility within their destination. And, And back in 2013, 10 years ago, I was getting little to no responses from tourism boards. Oh, yes, of course. They were kind of like nervous to even think about accessible coverage. But now, I mean, I think that we see a lot more coverage when it comes to accessibility. So just within the past, I mean, 10 years and even the past three to four years, I've seen a huge shift wow. in accessible travel. And I think that, you know, tourism boards and operators are definitely waking up and uh, discovering, you know, how important it is to cater to the accessible travel market because it's such a big market. I mean, people with disabilities spend over $58 billion per year just on travel. Wow. And so the market is there and we want to visit, you know, your destination if we're able. There you go, folks. Over $58 billion being spent by travelers with a disability. So, you know, even if you're kind of cold hearted enough to only think about it as a business thing, hopefully that's not true. But even if you are, there's $58 billion being put into this, folks. It's obviously a wonderful thing that the, the world is becoming more accessible. That said, I'm sure there is a long, long way for us still to go. So after the break, Corey and I will discuss for you know tips and insights for any PRs or DMOs listening out there who might like to make their offering a little bit more accessible. We'll be back after these messages. Imagine a destination with 825 miles of idyllic beaches, more than 1,300 walking trails, and over 700 freshwater springs. This is Florida, where you can meet the manatees at Three Sisters Springs, zipline over a canyon in Ocala, and paddleboard through the waterways in the nation's oldest city, St. Augustine. Our extensive accessibility options mean everyone can enjoy our attractions and activities. Florida is truly limitless. Look beyond the theme parks and get out into the Sunshine State's great outdoors. To plan your next adventure, go to visitflorida.com. Welcome back, everybody. So, Corey, for kind of any PRs, any DMOs who might be listening, do you have any tips, do you have any advice that you could offer for these people to to kind of go to their destinations and try to make their offering more suitable for travelers with a disability? Yeah, my number one suggestion would really be to include that accessible travel information on your website. So Mm -hmm. I look at a lot of DMO websites and they, some of them luckily do have really great accessible travel pages, but a lot of them don't have anything about accessible travel on their websites. And so uh, that's always kind of the first place that I go to whenever I'm planning a trip is the destination's website. And so by having that information on there, it makes it so much easier for me as a wheelchair user to be able to plan a really great trip and to know what's accessible for me once I get to that destination. So I would say including accessible travel coverage on your website and your travel guidebooks that are published every year by destination tourism organizations. That would be amazing also. And 
luckily it's getting better, but um, there are still a lot out there that are not including that information. There you go, folks. That seems to me, that seems like a really quite simple inclusion that you can make into your kind of your literature that you create and your web content that you're building that hopefully will will make lives easier for people like Corey. Hopefully that sounds about right, Corey. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say to even, you know, take it one step further and to hire people with disabilities to create that content. Because, you know, when I'm looking at it, if it's something that's written by another wheelchair user, then that gives me even more confidence that it's actually accessible for me. So the word accessible, I Mm -hmm. think it means something different to every person with a disability. But if I know that that content was created and written by someone that has a disability that's similar to mine, it's just going to really instill, you know, that firsthand perspective and more confidence in me that I'm able to go there. Fantastic. I mean, I think at this point, it's absolutely fair to bring in Visit Florida, visitflorida.com, who are working really, really hard to improve their accessibility offering as well. And I believe, Corey, that you've actually done some work with them. You've actually created some of their online content. I have. Yeah. Visit Florida is really one of my favorite websites in the tourism industry uh, for accessible travel. So over the past few years, they have created an amazing accessible travel landing page on their website. And not only do they include, you know, really great articles about things to do that are accessible and photos, but they also have a lot of video content. So, you know, when I'm looking at a photo of something that's accessible, like that's amazing and great. But when I see an actual video of something that's accessible, it really gives me more confidence again, like I was saying earlier, that it's going to work for me. So I love that Visit Florida has done that over the past few years and is really focusing on video content to promote accessible travel within the state. Fantastic. I mean, you are someone who who spends a fair amount of time exploring Florida. So perhaps you could share some of your your favorite places. What makes Florida so great for travelers with a disability? But what are your favorite things to do or favorite things to see while you're there? Yeah, I visit Florida at least, you know, three to five times a year minimum. So I'm in Georgia, wow. which is just north of Florida. And I mean, Florida is one of my favorite of course, places of course. just because there is so much to do there as a wheelchair user. So whether you're wanting to, you know, go to a beach, which is my favorite activity personally, is just having a beach day. I mean, sure. there are really great beaches that are accessible in Panama City Beach, Florida, in Clearwater, Florida, and the Palm Beaches of Florida. In Key West, Florida, I mean, the list could go on and on and on about all of the amazing accessible beaches. And so I love that there is such a huge focus on making beaches accessible in Florida. I mean, like I was saying earlier, when I was a little kid, my mom had to physically carry me to the beach. And so just the fact that there are now so many options just within one state um, in Florida is incredible and Um, I mean, every time I go to the beach in Florida, I'm just like amazed that I'm able to enjoy the beach and that it's an inclusive experience. Fantastic. Corey, while we're on the note of travel, obviously food and travel go hand in hand. And when you think of Florida, you know, there's there's sandwiches and there's seafood and there's key lime pie. Do any kind of favorite foods or any kind of uh, favorite places serving food come to mind? Oh, my favorite restaurant in the world is in Florida. Um, (laughs) It is a a Columbia restaurant and they actually, I think they have five locations uh, throughout Florida. So 
there's one in St. Augustine. There's one in Sarasota, I believe. Uh, Tampa is home of the original Columbia restaurant. So if you're in the Tampa area, definitely go to that one. There's also one near Orlando Excellent. that I go to pretty frequently. So it's uh, Columbia is like a mix of Spanish and Cuban cuisine. Uh, so they have tapas. Mm. But my favorite item at Columbia is the 1905 salad and the bread pudding for dessert. So it's a white chocolate bread pudding. And I mean, it is just I mean, the most mind-blowing like dessert of all time. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually going to Florida in a couple of weeks, and I'm already thinking, like, okay, I got to make a reservation at Columbia because I got to get that bread pudding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, take me with you. I want to go and eat bread pudding in, in Florida. That sounds absolutely wonderful. And that was Columbia Restaurant, right? Yeah, Columbia Restaurant. And they also, um, the same people that own Columbia own another one of my favorite restaurants in Florida. It's in Tampa, and it's called Goody Goody. And so that's like my favorite <laughs> breakfast in the world. They have amazing pancakes and syrups and uh, they also serve lunch and dinner, but I really love the breakfast at Goody Goody and it's also in Tampa. Oh, wow. I'm, uh, I'm going to have to try and regain my concentration. I've just got bread pudding floating around my brain now, so I'll try and kind of bring it back. Because, of, of course, unfortunately, Corey, we've only got 30 minutes together here today, so we'll kind of have to start wending our way slowly towards the end of this conversation. But one thing we should absolutely discuss before before we call it a day here is is the future. Despite all the wonderful work that you've done to help make the world of travel more accessible in general, You've actually launched a foundation, which is absolutely incredible achievement. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, in 2022, uh, my mom and I co-founded the Curb Free Foundation. And so it's a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And through the nonprofit, we provide travel grants and travel scholarships to wheelchair users uh, so that they can go on their dream trip. So if any wheelchair users are listening, all you have to do is go to the curbfreefoundation.com and fill out an application telling us where you want to go and travel to. And we will sort through all of the applications as donations come in and send people on their dream trip. So we actually sent our very first recipient of a travel grant um, on her dream trip just this past December. And she actually went to Disney World in Florida. So um, it had been her lifelong dream to go to Disney Fantastic. World. And she's now in her 40s and uses a wheelchair and just never had the financial means to go to Disney World. And so luckily, we were able to provide that through the nonprofit. And just doing that is like the most incredible feeling for me, just to be able to give people that freedom and independence to be able to travel. That's wonderful, Corey. Thank you for sharing that with us. And that's uh, CurbFreeFoundation.com, folks. Is that right, Corey? Yeah, it's TheCurbFreeFoundation.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today, Corey. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, an absolute privilege talking to you. Um, have a wonderful day ahead. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. It's been an absolute pleasure. Folks, you have been listening to Corey Lee, the mind behind the award-winning travel blog, Curb Free with Corey Lee and the new charitable foundation, the Curb Free Foundation. You've been listening to The Journey Podcast, where I, Cy Wilmore, talk with pioneers, trailblazers and thought leaders who are pushing the envelope in our industry. Thanks for listening and I'll speak to you soon.
Imagine a destination with 825 miles of idyllic beaches, more than 1,300 walking trails, and over 700 freshwater springs. This is Florida, where you can meet the manatees at Three Sisters Springs, zipline over a canyon in Ocala, and paddleboard through the waterways in the nation's oldest city, St. Augustine. Our extensive accessibility options mean everyone can enjoy our attractions and activities. Florida is truly limitless. Look beyond the theme parks and get out into the Sunshine State's great outdoors. To plan your next adventure, go to visitflorida.com.